that was something I um, that that kind of idea there. Yeah. I just did for one of those YouTube videos one night when I was just kind of messing around, and, and I just, yeah. something I just sometimes play with occasionally. Hello and welcome to Undercurrent Stories. Today on the show we have Remy Harris, who's a guitarist from the UK whose unique style draws inspiration from artists such as Django Reinhardt, Jimi Hendrix, Wes Montgomery, Peter Green and Led Zeppelin. Some of his notable performances include the Montreal Jazz Festival, Buckingham Palace, BBC Proms at the Royal Albert Hall with Jamie Cullum, televised on BBC Four, and live on BBC Radio 2 and 3. He has recorded two albums to date, Ninnick and In On The Two, and has performed a huge amount of gigs around the world. He is a guitarist's guitarist. Hello, Remy, and welcome to the show. Hello, how's it going? It's good, thank you. Thanks so much for coming on. But most importantly, a big big question for you, Remy, do you have your guitar with you today? I do, yes. Oh, fantastic. So yeah. <laughs> we, we'll be lucky enough maybe to hear one or two things later, I guess. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I can play a bit. Good. Well, it's great to have you on. First of all, how how's lockdown affected things with gigs and recording and stuff? Wow. Um, well, the gigs just completely dropped off. Um, when was it? March. Um, I forget the exact date of our, our last gig, but yeah, they were just all all called off and I haven't played a gig since really. Um, they were being a rearranged for um, autumn, most of them yeah. at the time. And now a lot of the autumn dates are now being rearranged for next year because um, we weren't sure, you know, how long it would go on for. So it's a new experience for everybody. I think it's the longest I've gone without a gig since I was, uh, I don't know, since I was probably at school, actually. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So it's, it's strange, but it's, there's been, there's been, it's been nice as well because I've, it's allowed me to concentrate on some disp- different aspects of um, music and playing that I might not have had time to do normally, yeah. you know. Um, when we're when we're very busy with gigs, you know, it it's kind of all consuming. Um, from my point of view, I'm always working on the stuff that I'm playing on the next gig and keeping everything together for the next the next show or whatever. And um, I've not really had to do that so much um, the last few months. So I've been able to experiment a bit more, not worry about having to um, perform on the weekend. You know, which is yes. Which has been nice. So it's been it's been quite creative for me. Yeah, I've noticed some of your um, videos on YouTube. Hmm. Some of the, the sort of short videos where, where you're doing various songs and things. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I kind of always I've done those for quite a few years now. It's a it's a nice little creative outlet for me. Um, yeah. I like them because often I'll be I'll do those little videos. Um, they're generally quite informal, and they'll be often. Um, tunes and things that I, I won't be performing live so it's something else to work on you know um, it might it might be stuff I might be practicing in my you know at home stuff I'm working on and then when I'm when I'm kind of feeling uh, comfortable with, or getting some ideas together I'll, I'll stick up the little camera and just press record so That's a lot great. of them a lot of them are very informal some of them are a bit more kind of um, yeah. planned but um, yeah yeah, no, they're, they're great, and especially the ones in the garden that you've done. Yeah, well, when the weather's nice, you've got to get out there, yeah. haven't you? <laughs> yeah, of course you have. Just, just before we talk about your music, can you just give us a little background about yourself and how long you've been playing the guitar and everything, please? Yeah, so I started playing guitar when I was um, seven years old. Um, 
I've always interested in guitar as long as I can remember. My uh, my dad played guitar when I was a kid, so there were yeah. photos of me when I was about three, like holding <laughs> his guitar and, and messing around with it. And yeah. I had a toy guitar, you know, when I was a toddler. But um, I got my first real guitar. My dad's left-handed, so I was oh, right. never going to be able to learn on his guitars. So I got my first, my my first proper guitar when I was seven. Yeah, and um, and yeah, and Dad's kind of helped me out. Um, in the early days, he showed me my first few chords and stuff, and um, he showed me how to read um, guitar tab. Oh, excellent! And uh, and then kind of let me go and kind of get on with it. And every now and again, he'd help me out if I was stuck on things. And um, we mainly used to learn from guitar magazines back then. Oh yes, um, we'd go to the uh, the news agents every month and um, have a look through the. It was guitarist. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. Total guitar and guitar yeah. techniques. I think were the three. These are the ones with like a, a CD on the front. Exactly. Yeah. So they're the yeah. ones you could you could play along with. Yeah. And so we'd I see remember. see what songs you know and um and pick one out and uh and that's how we that's how he learnt and that's how I I've learnt really back yeah. then. So so did you ever learn to read music? No. Well, uh, not at the time. No. I I can I I mean I. I don't really, I don't really read music, but I can figure it out very slowly. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I wouldn't say I read music really. I, no. I understand it. Um, yeah. But I can't sight read anything. No. no. You know. No. I mean, a friend of mine, uh, I think a mutual acquaintance, Greg Daffin, introduced oh, yeah. me to your music. Um, and I was meant to go and see you at Crowland Abbey about 18 months ago, but unfortunately I wasn't able to go. I wish I'd gone. But when I first started listening to, to your albums, uh, Ninnick and On 2, um, and, and saw some of the stuff on YouTube. I, I was amazed how sort of one minute you can do rock and blues and the next minute jazz and then gypsy jazz. Uh, that's quite unique for a guitarist, don't you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up playing rock and blues. So I, I, there's two heavy influences in my playing and there's lots of lots in between, but I grew up um, um, playing along to Led Zeppelin and yeah. ACDC and all that kind of stuff. And... And the first gig I saw was uh, Leonard Skinner when I was nine years old, I think I was at the time. And oh, wow. So it was all that kind of music and the Beatles, of course, and, yeah. and Neil Young and Chuck Berry. And then yeah. and then the whole jazz thing came on uh, in my kind of late teens. And, um, and then by the time I was about 20, I was kind of really hooked on jazz music. And, and I went kind of all in with the jazz. I stopped playing rock. I... Um, I finished with the rock bands I was playing in, put the electric guitars away and just really focused on jazz intensely um, in my early 20s. And so now I've, you know, over the last kind of, I don't know, maybe five or so, maybe, you know, towards my my later 20s, I started getting back, bringing the the rock and blues influences back. And, and, and so now I just, I just kind of, um, mix it all up really that's yeah that's the idea i don't want to be kind of um strictly in one genre at any no. one time yeah no it, it's it's incredible how how you you, you do mix it you know and I've, I've been watching that the bit i was interested in is is the gypsy jazz thing um could you tell us a bit about gypsy jazz for listeners who perhaps don't know an awful lot about it yeah so gypsy jazz was um it's a f- 
the phrase gypsy jazz apparently it wasn't actually coined until the kind of um, 80s or 90s, but um, originally the music comes from um, gypsy musicians and in particular Django Reinhardt, um, who was a gypsy. And um, he was Belgian born, I believe, but he's always associated with Paris. And back in the 30s, he had a, the Hot Club of Paris with uh, Stefan Grappelli. And, and that was an acoustic swing band, basically. Um, rhythm guitars instead of drums. Yeah. And violin, you know, violin guitar as the lead instruments. That was the initial kind of lineup. And since then, it's grown into uh, what it is today, which is it's known as Gypsy Jazz. I don't think Django ever thought of himself as playing anything other than jazz. I don't think he thought of it as any kind of niche. He was no. just a jazz guitar player in his mind. I, I, I mean, I think from what I can from gather from historical yeah. records and things. But um, but yeah, now now it's a it's a definite a definite genre of its own, and it's kind of um, it's a type of swing music really, but but largely based around acoustic guitars with a very specific type of rhythm um, style, rhythm guitar style. Is, is that Le Chomp or something? There's a, there's a name for it? Yeah, Le Pomp. Oh, Le Pomp. Le, yeah. Le Pomp. Yeah. yeah. I, I've tried, I mean, as a guitarist myself, um, it, it seems quite difficult to do. And, and yet, when you, when you hear it, you think, oh, yeah, that's quite simple. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bit of a knack to, to get in those kind of um, chord voicings and the the right hand. And, you know, it, it's... Um, yeah, it's a very specific kind of playing style, I guess. And if you, yeah. if you've, um, did you have you come to music through kind of rock music or? Um, well, I, I, what, I, what I did, I, I started having classical guitar lessons when I was about thirteen, and I did them for a couple of years, and and it got to the the end of the couple of years, and and um, my guitar teacher said to me, I can't really teach you anymore. And also, he said, Bob, you're not actually you're not actually reading the music, are you? You're just remembering it. And I said, Well, <laughs> I am actually. Yeah. So, and then I got into into rock and blues, and I was playing you know, like, like you do school bands and early twenties and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I, um, I started playing, um, in a thin, in fact, I was in a thin Lizzy tribute band up until oh, last cool. year, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. that's cool. But, um, the, it's, it was interesting playing the classical guitar because I always had to work very hard on plectrum technique. Um, after being, you know, after using my fingers for so many years, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because uh, I, f- I find a lot of, it depends how you kind of start off. Because for me, day one, I had it, you know, I had my guitar and there's your plectrum. My dad put a plectrum yeah. in my hand and I never played with my fingers. And so I'm very uncomfortable with my fingers now. And I've, you know, I've learned the odd piece and, and stuff and fiddled, fiddled around, but I'm at home with a, pl- a pick in my hand. Uh, but I know, like yourself, I know a lot of guitar players who are the other way around who their default is to pick up the guitar and use their fingers. Yes. And um, there are there are guitar players who kind of master both, but I'm not one of those. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm amazed at the speed you can get. I, um, I guess that just comes with practice. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's just it just you do it lots and, and that kind of builds, builds yeah. up, I guess, yeah. A lot of listeners will be playing the guitar, I guess, when they're listening to this. So for those guitarists who would like to play gypsy jazz, what, what sort of advice would you give? Get to jam sessions, I would say. It's really good to, to get out there, not just kind of learn it in your in your bedroom. Um, although, obviously, yeah. most of your kind of studying will be happening at home. Um, but I think getting out there and getting stuck in with jam sessions, it's really good, particularly at the beginning, because you... Um, uh, 
it just really helps you pick things up. You can see people, you can see the finger positions that people use. That was one of the biggest things at the beginning for me was trying to figure out the the right um, finger positions because as with a guitar, you know, the same note crops up in many places on a guitar fingerboard. Yeah. So getting the right position to allow you to pick um, with a kind of um, gypsy style picking technique so that all comes from really from watching people if um and i couldn't have couldn't have figured that out really just by listening to django um but yeah so get get stuck in like that go to jam sessions have jams and uh and the other one is just i think um transcribing is the way i basically learn um yeah i think that's the best way to learn um kind of uh tunes and and licks and, and work things out so i do it by ear and i use a piece of software um that will allow me to slow the music down if i need to i recommend doing that because i at the beginning i used tab a little bit when i first got into gypsy jazz um but i found basically i've pretty much everything i learned from tab i've now refingered in my own fingerings anyway. And often I'd find the same solo in, in many, in different books, maybe the same Django solo, but in different books and they'd all have different fingerings. Yeah. And so I found it much easier just to kind of figure it out myself and maybe yeah. try and find someone on YouTube playing it and, and do it like that. Well, that, that. That's my kind of, that's how I've done it anyway. Yeah. So play play with other people. Nothing like being put on the spot, is there, when you're with your crowd of people? <laughs> yeah. 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 And and then and and transcribe yourself. Get some you know slow down software. And, yeah. And um, figure it out for yourself and, and just practice. And and I guess you you still practice every day, do you, Remy? Yeah. 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 I kind of have to really. <laughs> just on the subject of um, guitars again, the um, I noticed that you're using both British made guitars and, or British made guitar and also British strings. Yeah. Um, yeah. I use new tone strings, um, most of the time. Yeah. Um, they're, I think they're in Derbyshire and they're really great because you can, you can order kind of custom sets and things. I use, a my, um, gypsy set of strings that I use is, uh, kind of a custom set that, um, I use, a, a plain third string, which is unusual. I don't know anybody else that does this on a gypsy guitar. A plain third string? Yeah, instead of well, As opposed to a wound one? Yeah, and all gypsy packs will come with a wound um, third string. And right from day one, um, I got my first pack of gypsy strings and I, I replaced it immediately with a with a plain string out of a, um, you know, a pack of whatever electric strings I had around at the time. Yeah. Um, just because I come from that kind of... Jimi Hendrix style of playing where you use that third string to bend a lot and you can't do that so much with a with a wound string so yeah so I can go to new tone strings and say I'd like this this set and um they'll put it together for me and uh, yeah and also with other guitars as well I, I use a plain string on all my acoustic guitars um on the third string so my normal flat top acoustics I also do custom sets for those as well yeah. And what sort of gauge do you normally use on the E strings? On the top E, I use a uh, 10 on my gypsy yeah. guitar. Yep. And I yeah. use a, 11s on my normal flat tops because they're shorter scale than the gypsy guitars are a longer scale guitar. 
and I use tens, usually tens on on my electrics, sometimes elevens on a strat, but um generally tens most of the time. Yeah. So um lockdown's coming to coming to an end, I think. Um or it will do. Mm-hmm. We we really don't know what the, the future holds, do we? But um so I guess for next year, you know, as most of the gigs have been closed for this year, is it mainly a sort of copy and paste to next year? Uh well we'll we're just going to play it by ear, really, to be honest. And we're not exactly sure. We're, uh, I don't know how it will pan out, how quickly the restrictions will be lifted. If if there are still social distance um, rules in place next year, then some of the gigs may continue to be postponed. I'm not sure because a lot of um, kind of concert venues where people are tightly packed in rows like theaters and stuff you know their their kind of um capacities have been halved or even less in order to um, apply social distancing so we'll just have to play it by ear i mean i'm hoping we can we can get out gigging again obviously but um we have to we have to see what's happening with the whole coronavirus thing and um yeah i think people's safety kind of comes first really um so i'm although it is it's not a great situation it's just the way it's got to be maybe until until we're out of it yeah and um while the um, lockdown's been taking place and you've you've had to sort of postpone a lot of gigs um could you tell us a bit about the radio show on bromyard fm oh yeah yeah so um a friend of mine uh i think it was like maybe the first week of lockdown he posted, he's a DJ. Um, that's his, that's what he, he did before the lockdown. Yeah. And, um, I've known him for years. I used to play in a band with him when I was um, younger and, uh, he put out on Facebook that he was just going to be doing a, like a live radio stream, you know? Um, yes. He'd, he'd figured out a way of using his, his DJ software to broadcast online. And, um, I tuned in and there was about, I don't know, about 10 of us listening in or something like that, just mates and sending him requests on, on Facebook and stuff. And, uh, it was just really cool. And, and the whole thing within about two or three weeks had completely blown up and there were like 5,000 followers on, on his Facebook, on his group. Um, and he's got lots of different DJs. He's pulled in lots of his, um, friends to do different shows and now it's called Bromyard FM and it's running um, 24-7 and it's, I think, uh, the shows with the DJs start kind of 3 p.m. every day and run through to the the night and then the rest of the time it's kind of automatically playing tunes. Yeah. And so it's, it's become a real kind of little lockdown radio station and he invited me to um, do a jazz and blues show and so I do that every Thursday, 8 p.m. Right. till 10 p.m. And is, is that a show that you can sort of tune into when you're not on? You know, you, you can go back to it later? Yeah, there's a listen back um, thing on, he um, uses Mixcloud and the shows all get um, uploaded up to there. So you can listen back after the fact, yeah. And when you listen live, you can kind of um, send in requests and stuff. And um, if I've got the, uh, the recordings here, I can... I can do all that and give people shout outs and stuff as well. Yeah. So it's, it's really fun. Yeah, no, it's, it sounds great. We'll, we'll put the, um, the links on, on the show notes if that's okay. So people can, can tune in. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Thanks. 
And the other thing I was going to ask about was um, Yardbird Arts. Yeah. Could you tell us a bit about Yardbird Arts, please, Remy? Yeah, so Yardbird Arts is our um, kind of our business, I guess. It's um, uh, me and my wife, Danny. We, we set it up as basically, originally it was as a record label um, to record, to release our second album, In On The Two. Yeah, because we want to release it ourselves, and we you need kind of label to put it under, and so we set up Yardbird Arts. But then it became also the kind of umbrella kind of company, I guess, that manages all my gigs and um, and so and puts on and we started putting on concerts as well. So it's become kind of a promotion company where we'd we'd hire out village halls and put on shows, um, and then also book in my tours and um yeah and and now with the lockdown here um danny my wife she's going to be doing some cooking she's a really good cook and um yeah and so so we're we're converting a kitchen now into a into a catering kitchen and so we're going to put the van to use because at the minute it's um just empty you know with no gigs on them on the map so so we're going to, um, so there'll be a kind of a catering arm to Yarbrough as well. well so that's it's excellent, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's basically just me and Danny and anything yeah. we, we yeah. kind of want to do, you know. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. When, when you became professional, um, was, it, was that in your early 20s? Yeah. Yeah. I would think I was maybe 21 or 22, I think, something like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I worked part-time in a guitar, in a guitar shop. Um, um, right. Up until then, and then yeah. I managed to kind of get enough gigs. Yeah. One question I, I'd like to ask: um, You've been very passionate about playing the guitar for most of your life, um, and you're also a professional guitarist. It's, it's your main main job, your main source of income. Does does that passion ever go away because it's a job, or, or do you feel that you know the, the two work together? Um, it, well, it's a difficult question. It can do sometimes. You know, when you're really tired. And especially yeah. when you're touring a lot and you're getting home late and, and you just, there was a, a period in my kind of late twenties where I just felt completely exhausted all, all of the time. And I was yeah. just overdoing it really. I was um, doing, we were just taking too many gigs on and, and I don't think we had a holiday for years and years and we yeah. just so so it can, but I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like I'm ungrateful no. for doing what I do because I, I love playing the guitar. I think I think it's mainly just about finding a balance and not wearing yourself out, which is the same with anything in life. So um, yeah, so it is about keeping keeping um, inspired is um, is something I I try and do and yeah. Uh, yeah, and and so far in your career, what what sort of highlights you've had in terms of gigs and playing with with other musicians are there any that you could tell us about yeah well um i suppose the most kind of high profile thing i've done is play um the bbc proms with jamie cullum uh at the albert hall and that was a pretty pretty nerve-wracking experience <laughs> but uh yeah that was that was cool jamie's been really amazing he supported um me with my music through the bbc introducing scheme yeah, um, which I I uploaded my first album there, um, because basically um, there used to be our local BBC Hereford and Worcester um, station. They used to have a, a show called the Friday Session, and it was um, it was a local it was local acts 
and it was um the guy who run the show was called Andrew Marsden and he'd go out to local gigs in like Hereford and stuff and he'd uh, do interviews with the bands and invite them on the show and stuff like that. And so we got to know Andrew a little bit when I used to play in rock bands. Oh yeah. And um, I'd been on his show a few times and, and then, um, and then at some point the BBC brought along the BBC introducing thing and that replaced the Friday session. And so um, when I made my blues, uh, my, my jazz album, my first jazz album, I, I messaged Andrew and I said, oh, can I send you my, my new album? And he said, oh, it's all changed now. You've got to upload it to BBC Introducing and then it will come oh, yeah. through to me that way. And oh, so right. I had no idea what, was, what, could, what the potential of it was. But yeah. so I, I uploaded some tracks and um, they ended up going through to him and then he'd the way the scheme works is the, the, the regional DJs, so the Hereford and Worcester and, you know, the different stations, um, they'll, uh, kind of pass stuff on to the national shows. And so at some point he'd recommended my, my stuff through to Jamie Cullum and Jamie had taken a listen and liked it. And he introduced, he, he played a track and invited, me to go and play on his show on radio two and um we did a live session for him and um and that was live from cheltenham jazz festival and And did he uh, did he sing along at all on any of the songs not at that point no um but um through from that it went on and we ended up being invited to montreal jazz festival over in canada And J- Jamie was there as well, and he introduced us, and um, you know, was part of the whole process. Yeah. And then um, I don't know, a few months later, we were invited to appear on his proms performance, and that was where he'd sing with us. So, um, so it's been the support we've had from the introducing and Jamie and and Andrew Marsden at BBC Hereford and Worcester, and also yeah. through off the back of that, we had. Um, Keris Matthews played our track on on her show, and yeah. um, we were picked up. I think we 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 were played. I think by Tom Robinson as well. Um, oh, okay, yeah. But so, and it was all through this introducing thing. So it's a really amazing yeah. scheme, and I recommend any any kind of artists who are kind of up and coming to get your stuff up on on the BBC uploader and make your make a profile and see what happens. Hmm. So um, you've had two albums out, um, Ninnick and In on the Two. Any plans for a third one? Yeah, well, it's it's nearly finished, actually. Um, oh, excellent. We were working on it right up until lockdown, and then it's all, you know, been put on the shelf. But um, yeah, I've been talking to the studio um, over the last week, actually, and we're going to try and get back to it. Um, but it's it's mostly been recorded. Um, we've just got to do a few overdubs. I think we might have to record another track or two but um yeah but yeah as soon as as soon as possible we're um we'll have a new one out well that's excellent and and um is it, is it a mixture of covers and and um your own compositions or yeah this one is there's some jazz standards and there's a few yeah. of my own on there as well yeah 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 so um the next question i've got and i'm rubbing my hands now um what are you going to play for us oh <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I thought I'd just uh, kind of Im- improvise a little thing. Yeah. Something yeah. I kind of mess around with sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be excellent. Let me grab my guitar. I'm going to have to tune it because it's uh, got some new strings on it. No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
loud enough can you hear the guitar okay? yes I, I can hear it f- fine thank you um remy yeah, yeah it's good. Something like that. <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. Just just hearing those notes, Remy, um, absolutely incredible. Oh, thank absolutely, you. All those, no- all those notes just, just flowing, you know, like a waterfall. It was beautiful, that. Oh, thank you. That's, um, no, that's that's quite, that's really good. I love that. Yeah, I, I hope the listeners, well, I know that the listeners will love that, that's for sure. That's a real <laughs> gem. Is that something that you, you it's like, like a warm-up thing that you do? Yeah, it's kind of, um, I just kind of, I kind of try and I just like messing around with it. It's not really a piece. Uh, I, it's no. completely different every time I play, but it's it's kind of a vague kind of um, improvisation that I often um, do. It, it actually started as a as a kind of YouTube one of those YouTube videos. Um, oh yeah, this this little kind of theme like this. Um, that was something I. Um, That, that kind of idea there yeah. I just did for one of those YouTube videos one night when I was just kind of messing around and, and I just, yeah. something I just sometimes play with occasionally. Yeah. No, that's, uh, I'm sure that gets the, it would certainly get my, my fingers warming up if I could get that speed. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Um, 
Now, is, it, are there, is there anything else that you'd like to tell listeners about uh, anything coming up at all? Any other projects? Um, well, the, well, we're, we're kind of a bit unsure about all the projects at the moment. We're, um, we're, we were working on a, a rock and blues project um, at the start of the year. And that's yeah. something I'd like to um, work on again because I do really miss playing kind of louder kind of rock music. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and um, my friend who I grew up playing with since I was a little boy, um, we started playing together. He would have been, I think he was 11 and I would have been 13, I think, something yeah. like that, when we were having a, a little rock band. And um, we we started playing together again over the last few years. So we, we want to do... Um, a kind of a, a rock project so that's yeah that's definitely in the pipeline at some point is that with a, a les paul or a stratocaster yeah i use both yeah les pauls and strats yeah i used to growing up i was big on the les paul that was through my teens um obviously i'm a, ma- a huge led zeppelin fan i was massive i always have been a big yeah. zepp fan and jimmy page is you know when I was a kid, he was he was my hero, and still is. To be honest, I, I still listen to Led Zeppelin most yeah. days, and um, so yeah. So that's why I used to play um, a Les Paul a lot. But I really like the Strat. I love the dynamic range you can get out of a Strat um, because of you know players like Steve Ray Vaughan and that kind of Texas Strat yeah. sound. Of course, Jimi Hendrix as well. You know, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I've got both guitars around me, and and I I just love the Strat the way that you can. You don't have to have it quite as overdriven necessarily. I don't think. No, you can yeah. play, play cleaner, and you still get lots of lot of good, you know, good wide sound coming out, don't you? Yeah, and even when it is a bit dirty, it still kind of sounds clean as well. Yes, um, the way it gets, uh, I think, because there's a lot of um, there's uh, in a strat. There's quite a lot of mids missing in the. It's kind of almost a scooped mid range in the the yeah. tone. And so that means when you when you do apply kind of overdrive, it still remains kind of crystal, you know. Yeah. Whereas a Les Paul gets really beefy, and so they've got completely different qualities. And also, one of the things I'm really interested in is, is with guitars is the way they're kind of constructed um, and what makes them sound different, you know. And with a Gypsy guitar, the the scale length is longer than pretty much all other guitars. And oh, right. And that um, that kind of um, makes it. That's one of the things that allows it to sound very bright. Um, it's got a real bark to it, a gypsy guitar. It has, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's yeah. partly, partly, obviously, the the body construction, the the way it's um, with the small sound hole and the way it's um, constructed. But I think the scale length has a, a lot to play with that as well. Um, yeah. So the longer the string, you know, the more kind of, more kind of tension there is, um, more kind of, um, it's snappier sounding. Yes. And then you've got a, so, uh, a bit with the electric guitars, you've got two common scale lengths. You've got the Strat, which is 25 and a half inch. And then you've got the, the Gibson, which is 24 and three quarters, I believe. And yeah. so that, um, if you put the same strings on both, you know, they have, they feel different. And yeah. um, that snappier sound, I think, also contributes to that kind of Stratocaster twang. Yeah. Um, so. And, and on the electric, do you, do you keep in concert pitch or do you go down a semitone? Uh, I mean, standard these days. We used to play yeah. down a uh, down. Yeah, we used to play down a semitone back in the day. But um, 
I, w- I had to put heavier strings on in order to allow that. So I used to play with higher gauge, but then tune it down. And and I really liked the results of that. I love the sound and the way it feels and everything, but it just makes things hard when you want to jam with people and yeah. <laughs> everything's, everything's a semitone out and you've got to, it's not that easy to, um, to re um to tune things up because uh you know the tension changes and the truss rods yeah, and yeah, yeah. all of that kind of thing but i think if i had uh, endless resources i'd have i'd have um i'd have all my rock guitars in tuned to e flat and then uh have this have all the same guitars then duplicated in standard yeah. Yeah. <laughs> especially with the jazz stuff because i mean you can move keys around easy but i i kind of like to be able to um you know e flat for me is is there you know so it's yeah it's yeah. um is the gypsy guitar tuned down then or is that is that concert pitch that's concert yeah oh, okay. um yeah. yeah 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 it's um yeah they're kind of have you ever played one of these guitars this type i've of i've never played one i've i've it's it's a it's a style of guitar that uh, a style of playing that i'd very much like to do um and i i think you're probably right. I think you've got to have that guitar to get that sound, haven't you? Oh yeah, definitely. I've yeah. I've tried I've tried numerous different things, and yeah, that type of guitar, particularly the longer scale one. So, um, the, uh, the the original design. I'm not sure if you're are you are you familiar with the history of the the Gypsy style guitars? No, but I'd be very keen to learn. Yeah, cool. So um, as would our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will just say before before we start on this, Remy, um, this um, show will be going out to a lot of guitarists as well okay. as listeners. So if we lose some of the listeners who um, don't know an awful lot about guitars, please forgive us, but you'll learn something in the process. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so basically the um, the Gypsy guitar, it was designed in... No, I did. I learned all this properly because I used to talk about this on stage, So, but I might have my dates muddled now but <laughs> i think i think it was 1932 um yeah. when um mario macferry um who was a italian um luthier he worked with the selma company in paris and they came up with this original design which was um the the design with the big d hole i don't know if you've ever seen photos of gypsy guitarists with the big yes. d shape hole is, is that what django would have used uh, well, he did. He used both. Yeah. Um, but I think he preferred the oval hole. Um, the, the D-hole was kind of Mark One of that design. And the reason for the D-hole was that was inside the guitar, there was what they called a resonator. Yeah. And that was a series of kind of chambers with wooden panels. And it was all kind of designed to kind of work like maybe like some kind of, um, you know, like a, a, a speaker maybe or... or probably not a speaker, but more maybe like a foghorn, you know? All right, yeah. <laughs> kind of, um, it funnels the sound out and projects the sound yeah. out. Um, yeah. Like a gramophone, maybe. Um, but they didn't, uh, they weren't that um, successful with that design because apparently one of the reasons was the the glue wasn't that great and they used to rattle. And so people used to take all the gubbins out, all the kind of um, panels and resonator stuff. And he'd end up with a hollow guitar, but with a big D hole for no specific reason. And those guitars were shorter scale. I th- I don't know the exact length, but I think they were classical scale. So they were twelve fret to the body, 
Yeah. Um, so they were shorter. And But Mark II of that design was they made it longer, made it 14 frets to the body and made the scale length longer. And then they put yeah. the small sound hole on. And um, the small sound hole is meant to kind of work, at least Aluthia told me once that it was meant to work a bit like when you when you put your thumb over a tap and it increases yeah. the pressure of the water. Yeah. At least that's that's what I was told. And so <laughs> that kind of contributes to that um, bark, yeah. that kind of shouty sound which you get out of a yeah. gypsy guitar. But it means it can be loud because they were designed before electric guitars and everything was about volume really i think yeah. back then you had the resonator yeah. guitars you know like the 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 metal guitars yes. they were another that was another attempt at making acoustic guitars louder yeah um so so that was why they were kind of invented but um obviously after i think coincidentally i think the first um electric guitar pickup came out in around the same time but it was in america yeah. And it was on um, originally on a lap steel, the frying pan guitar, which yeah. was like a Hawaiian type guitar. And then, you know, as electric guitar pickups um, kind of advanced forward, there was no need for for kind of acoustic guitars that kind of were really loud. Yeah. So so they kind of got lost into the history books. And you've got your own signature model, I believe. Yes. Yeah, this is it. I'm holding it now. Yeah, it's with Filed Guitars, which is yeah. in, uh, they made up in Penrith, up in the Lake District. Okay. And um, yeah. and the guitar's called a Remy. It's called a Remy Harris model, I think he calls Remy it. Remy Harris model. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's essentially a gypsy style guitar. Um, yeah. There's a few um, tweaks. Uh, I like a slightly thinner neck than a traditional gypsy guitar. Um, just because I like to be able to bend the neck. I like I like chunky necks when I'm playing, but I can't do kind of like kind of ah uh, right on the harmonics. Yeah. yeah, yeah. By just kind of pushing the neck. You're not really yeah. meant to do that, but I no. But <laughs> having a thinner neck allows you to do that. <laughs> and oh, that uh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, um, it's kind of um Roger at Fire Guitars. He he um makes them. He's he doesn't. They're not identical copies of the original design, but they're based on, you know, yeah. with some of his kind of um, own personal tweaks. Yeah. So do you think that um, the gy- the Gypsy Jazz guitar is, is becoming more popular? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially through the internet. Um, YouTube has, has kind of changed everything. Because um, back in the, you know, back in the 80s, if you wanted to see this type of guitar playing, you'd have to physically go to France and go to the Django festival at Samois and um, which happens every year at the yeah. end of June, I think. And you, you literally have to go and see it for yourself. But now of course you can all sit at home watching it on YouTube. Yeah. And this, the style of guitar playing is very, um, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's very interesting. I think people really are drawn to it. Because there's there's a lot of romanticism about the history of the music and yes. all of that, and obviously Django being one of the greatest guitar players of all time, and yeah. it all being kind of based off his what he gave us, you know. Yeah. So with his three fingers, yeah, 
Yeah, well, he'd, um, apparently most of his lead stuff was done with two, was his index and middle. Yeah. Um, and the other two were kind of um, paralyzed through a, after a oh, caravan fire. Yeah, he had a, a fire and um, it shrunk the tendons in his hand. Yeah. And that meant that his um, his ring finger and his little finger were kind of bent over slightly and he couldn't use them properly. But I think he could use them for chords. That's what yeah. um, people say. Yeah. But um, More than made up for it in his playing, didn't he? I mean, you know, absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. it's kind of unbelievable what he did, really. <laughs> I yeah. still find it hard to believe. Yeah. Well, Remy, this has been a great conversation. Um, how can people find out more about your work? Uh, the best place is just check me out on my website, remyharris.com. And from there, you can get links to everything, you know, Spotify, YouTube, uh, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. We'll put all that on, on the show notes so people can link to the various sites that you have. That's um, great. Thanks. Thank you for having me on. Um, oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. It's been good. Great. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Remy. Thanks. Yeah, my pleasure. My thanks go to today's guest, Remy Harris, guitarist and musician. I really enjoyed the conversation with Remy, and it was a real privilege to have Remy play on the show. We talked a lot about jazz, particularly gypsy jazz, for which Remy is widely known. However, I urge you to listen to Remy's albums and watch his YouTube videos, where the style of his playing, both electric and acoustic, features rock, blues, as well as jazz. In the words of Jamie Cullum, he is an extraordinary musician. You have been listening to Undercurrent Stories. I hope that you enjoyed the show. Please subscribe or follow the show for future episodes. And if you like what you hear, please share the show link to your friends and family. And if you have 60 seconds, I will be most grateful if you would please rate and review the show. Please check out our webpage and social media links where details can be found on the show notes. Until next time, this is Bob Wells, wishing all the very best 